1: Dear beloved, beloved. we are gathered here here today today to to talk talk about about Prince. Prince.
2: covers and Fire. I'm your host, Loose Cannon, along with the the Purple Baco.
3: Purple! Purple and helmet. That's
1: yes. not a
2: purple. Purple helmet? No, no. no.
1: Sad day here in Minnesota.
2: Yes, uh, thanks for throwing that dick reference in right at the beginning of the show. <laughs>
1: that's what Prince would have wanted. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure.
2: That's true, that's true. You definitely throw the sex in there. But, yeah, so so just like you said, we're, we're covering Prince today, and it's pretty much going to be... You're gonna control the conversation, the music. You are from Minnesota, so you definitely got the local flavor. And Don't you know? just before I give up control, which is very hard for me in, in all all aspects of life, is that I wanted to tell you a, a quick story that has to do with, with lyrics from a certain Prince classic that completely confused me and I still confuse to this day which way it's supposed to go. So I'm gonna start out with, with Darling Nikki. One of the first albums, Purple Rain, uh, that I owned. So I need an outside opinion. I've discussed this with others, and, and I'm not sure if we've ever come into the resolution. So you ready?
1: I know where you're going with this. It's about masturbation.
2: It is, but but I, I need to know which, which oh. version it is. So so essentially, <laughs> the the whole lyric that you know brought the whole PMRC pretty much into existence was the a met her in a hotel lobby masturbating in a magazine. Now with a magazine. Is it with?
0: I met her in a hotel lobby, masturbating with magazine.
2: So I I'm either two ways. Like I heard it in, or maybe I heard it with, but this is the, the the thing I don't understand. Now, is it your impression that he walked into a hotel lobby and he, <laughs> he found Nikki sitting on a couch or somewhere with a magazine, fingering herself? Yes. Okay. Now, if that is the true, true, I don't care if you're in a Holiday Inn or Ritz-Carlton, that is quite an event to, to behold, correct?
1: Sure, yeah.
2: Okay. Or so the a, Midway Motel. Yes, yes. It doesn't matter the situation. It's a highly unlikely situation. But I was like, well, that seems a little outlandish. The way I read it is I met her in a hotel lobby masturbating in a magazine that he opened up a magazine and saw this... You know, this playmate or whatever, or, or penthouse if she's masturbating, that that she was in there, and he meant he met her by seeing her in the magazine.
1: Yeah, but his next line is he's talking to her. Uh, okay. So well, maybe he's imagining it. I guess you know what it works either way. Let's put it that way. I mean, and that's isn't that the beauty of Prince is that when he writes a song about a girl masturbating, it can, <laughs> there's different. We can all interpret it our own way. You know, and that's what the PMRC really missed about that, by the way, is that like it to you, it's this; to this person, it's that. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, he might have been talking about the fact that you know, back in the day, you could see a Playboy or a penthouse on the on the uh, you know the racks of your your local Seven Eleven just sitting there. Maybe he was commenting on on the social aspect that maybe these magazines should not be sitting in the the lobbies of of hotels. What do you think of that?
1: You know. I, Ever since you started talking about the song, I'm like "How do you like to waste some
0: time?" and I could not
1: resist. I just the lyric... Nikki <laughs> Oh, I don't see what the PMRC had a problem with that. You know
2: exactly. Now, now the other part is, is that didn't ruin my life. <laughs> no, but the other part is, what's the last time you saw Purple Rain?
1: as in the movie. <laughs> um, I think the Saturday after he died.
2: Exactly. So. Me too. I probably haven't seen it since the eighties. And all I remembered in my thought was it was a movie that had a bunch of concert scenes. And the rest of the time he drove around a motorcycle and (laughs) the rest of the time. And then, and then after, and I did not remember, and I don't know if this, this struck you as different than as a kid, I was like, Holy fuck. I can't believe they just did that. And you know what part I'm talking Uh, about?
1: Oh, probably not. I mean, uh, the Apollonia scene by the fake lake. It's Yes
2: classic is that, that is it oh no no what were no i was i was I, I remember that you know of course anytime you see boobies at like age 11, right. 12 you're like boom you keep rewinding well but hey
1: go well go ahead you finish your point
2: yeah my point is is that uh it, it's it's very rare that a concert film we'll just call it a concert film has yeah. has uh, you know I, I think that that holds the record for a level of domestic abuse in in a concert oh. film <laughs> but but on top of that it's the only concert film i've ever seen where a woman is uh, that somebody has had a relationship with is is dismissed by an assistant throwing her in a dumpster.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think that may <laughs> be the first and last time. But uh it's, like... again, groundbreaking. Well you're a couple years younger than me. Did you see it in the theater? Oh no, no. I saw, I saw I it. Because I did.
2: In... Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. But
1: with uh, in, in Oatana they have and, and it's a, there's it's this is a two screen theater. So there's left and right. And they're both, you walk in by your ticket, and in the middle is a concession stand, and you can see the entrances to all the doors very clearly. And in between them are two video games. So me and some friends bought tickets to whatever movie wasn't R-rated and played video games for about 10 minutes, and then one by one walked into Purple Rain. So that's how I got to see that underage.
2: Yeah, well done. That's like the time you're dropped off by your parents and you just bust out like three movies in a day, just staying in the hallways, walking into each one. (laughs) i
1: don't know, hey, I never did that, but I did definitely. And I'm not kidding. One of the first things that that crossed my head when Prince passed, um, uh, and you know, after you kind of get over the reality that it's true, um, was the idea that like, because him and Michael were kind of competitive. Michael Jackson, I'm speaking of, is like, well, Michael is playing with chimps and you know uh, Webster and Macaulay Culkin. You know, Prince is showing us Apollonia's tits. like that a much better guy to oh, pay
2: attention yeah. to. And when when, uh, when I've heard people say, like, yeah, man, that guy was so feminine and gay, I'm like, he might have been feminine. He might have been, you know, if he's on a basketball team, it's the shirts versus the blouses. I get all yeah. that. <laughs> but, but I will tell you, he he might ball, he might not, but, you know, that guy, even if he went both ways, he definitely liked the ladies. I mean, or he faked it like a son of a bitch. It, but,
1: but think about that, too. Think about how uh, effeminate he was, and um, but yet you still get so many guys that go, "That dude is a badass motherfucker." Oh yeah, give me a break. I mean, all stage he's fucking modes. prancing around in high heels, wearing purple all the time. He's skinny, he's tiny, he's you know always damn near dressing like a woman sometimes. But yet, who else has been able to cross that as effectively as he has? I mean, he you know, more than the the hair metal bands, I mean, he really, and still, to to be looked at, I mean, nobody thinks Michael Jackson's a badass, you know, but, and he was, you know, similar, you know, a little effeminate and girly at times, but, I mean, two different things, I guess, but, you know, Prince was such a, I mean, like, we talked about his guitar playing, I mean, so fucking good on guitar. Don't give a crap about you know that song Kiss but you know no. play fucking Let's Go Crazy again.
2: Yeah all that stuff and, and, and in like the whole
1: halftime
2: obviously you've seen the Dave Chappelle sh- skit from back in the day right?
1: Yeah it's where Charlie Murphy talks about yeah. you know playing basketball with his brother.
2: Right, and one of the things he mentions is basically when he, he meets Prince in the morning, he walks down, and he says he was wearing an outfit that looked like it was sewn for him that morning. <laughs> like
1: he just, hey, just... that's, that's one of the things that's at Paisley Park, by the way. A mannequin built to his specific uh, dimensions so that he could have tailors creating outfits for him.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, and, and one other thing with that, too, is that... You know, he had a sense of humor. I, don't know, I didn't even know this until afterwards, too, and I was going, th- going through the whole thing. But he had a single, I guess, that came out a couple of years ago called Breakfast Can Wait. And it had Dave Chappelle on the cover of it in his Prince outfit holding a thing of pancakes. Because that was the end of the skit, is that he made pancakes <laughs> for everybody. But And then Dave Chappelle was on, a, a, like, The Tonight Show and goes, that is a, a, a straight-up, like— Judo move that, that he did. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Sue him for putting my lightness on on a single? He's like, I, I can't do that. I was making it's one of my most famous skits, but so no doubt. he didn't take it too seriously. It's just got, to, and I just I just mentioned this too that I just saw a because I've been on YouTube checking stuff out that I just saw an interview that he had with Larry King, which is the most you know two ends of the spectrum of people being across the table for from each other and. And it was, he was calm during the whole interview, personable and, you know, pretty much the opposite of the, the recluse kind of, he was just very selective with his interviews, but I was like, that's kind of a brave interview because what, what the hell does Larry King know about Prince to begin with? And it was, uh, that's when he was a symbol too, so it was, which was making his, Larry's right. uh, mind explode. And he's like, what, what happens when people call you and you answer the phone? What do you say? Hello, this is, <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> like, but uh, what,
1: can he just say hello? <laughs> exactly, that's
2: what he said. He's like, I know everybody that's calling me. I don't really use the phone, so they know my voice. so I don't have to identify myself. It's like, but, but, come on. What is this thing? But uh, continue.
1: Uh, um, well, I, you saw some of the pictures I shared on Facebook with uh, like the block party that kind of got thrown together at the last minute. And I, I think the night before I saw Orgy um, and they were opening for Filter when I went to that show. I only bring them up because they sounded like complete fucking shit.
3: Filter?
1: Uh, No, orgy. I couldn't believe how poorly mixed they were, how bad they sounded. You couldn't hear half the crap. And my point is, that's a band on tour, in the middle of it, in an enclosed setting. And they had these people, like the local musicians that I didn't even know, that were playing Prince songs at this block party that was thrown together that day. And it sounded... Ten times better than a band who's on fucking tour, and this is outside. You know, all right, outside of First Avenue, the the club there. So, but
2: anyway, continue on. Yeah, give us some local f- flavor about. You know, obviously, it's
1: well, it, it happened kind of organically at first for us because I actually had to go to uh, my aunt's wake on the the day they threw that block party, and it's a it's it's a good hour and a half out of the Twin Cities, and we were driving back, and one of the local radio, my wife and I, I'm saying. Um, one of the local radio stations was playing only Prince all day. And so we're listening to it. And then they mentioned that they're throwing a block party. And we're literally entering the Twin Cities right about the time it's starting. So I'm like, we probably should go, you know. So we just, we're, we're in the fucking car, you know. I mean, and on top of that, it's only like 20 minutes from my house to begin with. I couldn't believe it when we got down there. You know, it was, the traffic was backed up. I mean, it was amazing how many people ended up flooding this. Um, and, you know, we hung out till about 10 o'clock at night before I went to, you know, there's that uh, bridge over 35 that they lit up purple. That I, that I, I saw that.
2: Your it. pictures were cool. I liked uh, I saw how crowded it was. It's nice.
1: Yeah, and, and, and the block party was fun, even though it was really just people in the street listening to Prince tunes. But, and, and they were selling alcohol, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> people are drinking anyway. Let's put it that way. Oh, and Corey Taylor was playing in the club that night so uh, you mean so, his club
2: or the club? No, in
1: like First Avenue.
2: That's what I mean. Yeah, the First Avenue. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He so he's inside. Anyway, so but that was a lot of you know it was it was a, that was probably the most endearing moment of of the weekend. And uh, eventually by by Sunday, my wife decided she had to go out to Paisley Park. And it I, I, I can't you wouldn't believe this, but it was almost like he built Paisley Park for a memorial like this to happen. It's, it we, looks like it's, a
2: museum. I was shocked. I don't think I've ever seen the exterior of what it looked like before. It was just yeah, a it's,
3: just,
1: it's square, a kind
2: of unimpressive. It looks like a business. Like a business
1: uh, yeah, but across the street is a park, and by street I mean it's a four lane highway. Um, and the cross street they they had nothing, but they, there's a park right there, and it's a really fucking big park. Uh, and so there's all so and they had everything organized. They diverted all the parking into the park. They had it all ready for you. And and there's these little pockets of parking spaces, so it's not like a big parking lot. So we we parked basically as far back as you could because that was all it was left. You walk back and then you walk um down to this creek and you and there's an actual paved sidewalk uh, that takes you under the highway we were we were just on and takes you right to Paisley Park. And as you go under it, you're under this bridge and there's all this Prince graffiti now, so it's like, well, this must be Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> but well, we get up there, and then you, you saw the pictures of all the crap, you know, like hung on the fence and stuff like that. I don't mean crap in a negative way, but yeah. And people were very respectful, and it was just quiet. And even the news media outlets, we went and I tried to like uh, see if there anybody like I would have recognized was there. There wasn't. Um, but apparently, he liked Captain Crunch and Doritos, because people were leaving boxes and bags of both. So
2: apparently, he. All, I saw. I read some interview with the director, Purple Randy. He said he also liked. Spaghetti and orange juice, which about made me vomit. When uh, can you have you ever had that as a combination? <laughs> no. Spaghetti meatballs. There's and very sweets. little I
1: have with orange juice.
2: Okay, well that's a weird combo. But anyway, that's what he ordered immediately what, huh. their first their first meeting, I guess, and it stuck to his head how odd it was. But anyway, going, like moving on from his dietary uh, needs, the the other part <clears throat> that I remember from Purple Rain, just because you mentioned First Avenue, is. And I don't know if you noticed this when, when you rewatched it. But at one point, they actually poke fun of it. And then they go, yeah, that's a great set. We just play one song and we leave. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> Every time they get on stage they, they, for their, for their yeah. set, they're like, they're like, welcome. Well, uh,
1: isn't it implied? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. They announce it. He comes out, plays Purple Rain, and then they all run off stage sweaty. And-
2: yeah. And and did you notice how, how bizarre the crowd was? Like it was 90%. Yeah. White, white, and then they all kind of look like The Walking Dead. They would just stand there. I don't know. There's a lot of funny things
1: I Well, and then there's time. also, like, the, uh, it's a packed house, again. Yeah. And then the, the the boss, the guy who runs for stab, is like, this is your last chance.
4: Yeah. To do what? To do what? Pack yeah, the yeah. fucking place! <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then, like, Forrest Day, who seems to only never play, yeah. is like, yeah, that's right. Can't, you know, the whole movie has all sorts of flaws, but it's it's a brilliant testament to that time in the 80s at the same time. So also his ba- should...
2: the basement where he crawls in uh, and it's filled with like porcelain dolls and, and uh, I think somewhere between <laughs> 10, 10 and 15,000 candles and the whole thing's funny. It's like it's like I'm either riding my motorcycle, I'm talking, I'm communicating with others through a puppet uh, in the the dressing room and then I'm back well, on my wrote, motorcycle. He
1: probably played every instrument on the record. And he wrote, directed, and starred in the movie. So there had to be some... He couldn't be awesome at all. He didn't awesome direct
2: it. He didn't do oh, he it. did? I don't think so. I think it was Albert something, I remember reading. Mm. But, uh, but well, he wrote well, it. He, I, didn't, he didn't write it either. It was like... Uh, um, uh, anyway, there's a nice... There's a. Really are, you good, killing,
1: are you killing my memory of Prince? Well, oh, I'm so
2: sorry. I'm so sorry. But th- these are the realities, Baco. But um, anyway, we've been bantering on for quite a long... Why don't you... Because you... You know, I said you had full reign of well, what songs you want to play. Why don't you break down a, a song for me?
1: Like, what do All you right. want to feature? Well, you know, why don't we uh, feature the song I want to by also talking just a little bit about Prince as a guitar player. I, obviously, I don't know, you think he's underrated, correct? I do. Yeah, I, I don't think he gets... And I mean, he's so good at every instrument and almost anything he does... So it's not that hard to believe that it gets overshadowed, considering he doesn't make a lot of guitar music, but he is fucking insane as a guitar player. I assume you saw that video of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that started getting shared all the time, where he's on with Tom Petty, and they're playing like while, my guitar, while my guitar gently weeps, and he's just fucking shredding that.
2: only halftime show ever that's memorable for me is the one yeah. in miami uh this was the uh, colts and bears which is an awesome matchup to begin with but then the just straight up that he, he killed it for like 15 minutes in the rain obviously two made extra yeah
1: it started ass- raining during purple rain that was <laughs> and not a note lip sync for all those people that i, I can never believe uh, God, well, I don't want to get into that. Uh, right. Maybe we'll save an episode again for just Super Bowl lip-syncing myths and realities. But yeah, he was live the entire time um, and just fucking killed. him. by the way, that guitar, the the symbol, there's no way that thing can stay in tune very easily. So that could lit <laughs> off. So just because of shape or something. So I brought up guitar because I think the song I want to play now. I don't. Have you heard the song Guitar? I, I have What, what album is that on? Is it just one of his random singles? It's called Planet Earth or something like that. It's a huh. fairly new song. Okay. But I love you, baby. Like, 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 like I love my guitar. Or not like I love my guitar. Fuck, I fucked that up. Sorry, Prince.
2: All right. Okay, cool. So let's play the song Guitar featuring Prince on guitar. Yeah.
0: Chain, but then I got the car so I jumped in my car I love you baby but not like I love my guitar
2: I definitely want to hear some of the stories. These are local stories, or stories in general,
1: that um, a couple mainly local, yeah. Uh, you know, because with the, with um the, the all the, with the death, all these people are now doing interviews, and I'm getting to hear a handful of things from sure. people. And, and one is from Shack, so that's not local.
2: So. <laughs> all right, well let's let's hear, let's hear the one from Shack. Break it down.
1: Prince had a club in Minneapolis called Glam Slam, um, I've never and it was named after. He had a he had a song of the same title, I believe.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But the NBA All Star Game was at the Target Center, which was just a couple blocks away. Anyway, Prince threw a uh, a party, and like Shaq got to go there, and he he performed. Shaq was doing his rap at the time, um, and so he did like a I don't know a concert of rap tunes. anyway, this was this, this around this
2: whole, the time when he was dressing like a genie as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. His movie career and all that, you know. Uh, Anyway, but up at the top, there is a second room, and it has this giant fountain. And um, I know all this because I've been in the room, and that's my personal connection here. Uh, Anyway, uh, Shaq is, you know, hanging out, and someone comes and taps him on the shoulder, and uh, uh, he's like, Prince wants to see you. And so they go to where this room with the... You know, it, it, during Glam Slam time and the, and the way Shaq told the story, this was a private room um, with his giant fountain. And he goes in there and he says Prince has just got like four, hottest, four of the hottest chicks there. They're rubbing his feet and they're feeding him grapes. It's like flying <laughs> no, America. yeah. And now the personal tie-in comes in for me is that at, he sold the club and it became this thing called The Quest, which used to do this thing called Quest for Mayhem. And it was a uh, local hard rock night once a month. And uh, G- Jesus Chrysler played there a couple times in the upper room. And there's the second, they would do two stages, the main stage, and then the other one was in this room with the fucking giant fountain. And that's the room we always played in. And so now I'm like, I was playing, <laughs> you know, Eight years later, uh, this, the room where Prince was getting fed grapes—I had no idea.
2: So. <laughs> I got you. I got you You're in the same room. You just imagine him in one of the corners being treated like a some kind of sultan.
1: Well done. Yeah, and, and that, one of our best shows was there too. Uh, but,
2: oh, very and, good. Uh, Lord Jesus Christ, our connection.
1: <clears throat> well done. That's the best I can do. Sorry, folks, but uh, you know, I, yeah, I spent a lot of time in Minneapolis, but I never bumped into Prince at Walgreens. So. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Apparently, when he was a Jehovah's Witness, he would knock on doors at some point during his initiation. Shut up! That's supposed to be a story. He had to do. I would
4: let him in. Can
1: you imagine? He's like the only Jehovah Witness that ever gets let in. (laughs) Can you imagine him coming up? You know what? I do want to hear about Jesus. (laughs) Come on
2: in.
4: I I didn't think I did. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Can you imagine though and that when, when he you know, one of those last looks obviously was was his, his fro. <laughs> he just answers the door and he's got his amazing fro going on and he's wearing the white shirt and there's a bike outside and he's and it, it's uh I, I don't know, just the whole thing. I, apparently that's the same thing. You have to do it a little bit to get uh, during the, the process of becoming a Jehovah's Witness. I know nothing about it. But it's probably bullshit. So I'm gonna go with it. I
1: want it to be true. Yeah, I so, so do I. I want to see that five-foot-two guy. Oh, my God. So,
2: yeah, so I'll, I'll just talk about the, the, one of the most impressive things, obviously, with, with Prince 2 is his vocal range, and I wanted to feature just actually the last snippet of of one of the songs on I Think Purple Rain is a, a perfect album. I, I didn't think that when I was younger because one of the songs that I would skip over, mostly because my attention span was that of a fly, was was The Beautiful Ones, and the first three minutes of this yeah, song... it's
1: nice to see that's changed, by the way.
2: <laughs> you mean uh, humorous?
1: Attention span.
2: Yes, yes, it's a little bit longer. But <laughs> that, not, not that much longer, but that was one of the reasons I like Kiss so much, too, because all the songs are three minutes. And, you know, Zeppelin, I was just like, this is too much. Four, five, nine minutes? I can't handle it. But anyway, moving back to this, is that The Beautiful Ones, the first three minutes of it is kind of a, you know, kind of a crooning, slower Love song, and then shit
3: gets
0: say <laughs> I'm fuck. I,
1: I should be just be a prince impersonator
2: Yes, there you are. But
1: spot on, carry on. Spot
2: on, spot on. But at the three-minute mark, this shit goes wrong. You know, this this woman who's, who's uh, romantically infatuated with, you know, she leaves him or something like that, and then his his vocal range is just insane. You know what I'm talking about, right?
1: Yeah, and it is the highlight of that song too. It's like all of a sudden you're getting kicked in the face, and it's a great scene in the movie too. Oh yeah. Cause like Apollonia looks at Prince, then looks at Morris,
4: then looks at Prince.
1: <laughs> and she goes to Prince.
2: Right, but but that's 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 directly after he beats her, too. It's it's like a most bizarre thing. He like has domestic abuse. He does that song, and then he actually did two songs in that set that, for that night because he goes right wow. into "Darling Nikki," as he just grinds over the uh, the stage as kind of a way of, of upsetting her. The whole scene is bizarre, and then at the end they get back together. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, there's there was some stuff left on the cutting room floor. I was like, wait, he beats her, he grinds on the stage, and all of a sudden they leave halfway through. It's fucked afterward. up, isn't it? Though it is.
1: It what is. you're saying, like how like it wasn't even discussed back then. Like what the. F- Is he doing (laughs) what is wrong with her? Why is she
0: going back to him? (laughs) Morris
1: never beat her,
2: yeah. He just maybe threw her in a dumpster one night, and then that was the next thing. It was just the most misogynistic. I mean, never have I heard any discussion about about that. Like, the whole if that movie came out now, is my point. People's head oh, yeah. The reviewers would be like, How how did this get released? How did the you know, (laughs) apparently back in the day it was very risky to. You know, there weren't there weren't movies made about a about you know rock stars to begin with, and then the fact that he wasn't even that... you know he just had a couple hits like
1: yeah, just uh, um, nineteen ninety nine and Little Red Corvette at that point. Really, right. I mean, there's a couple of more minor ones before that, but
2: that's it. So yeah, man, why don't you? do not you break down another another guitar oriented or or whatever one of your favorite
1: songs by Yeah, you. we're featuring. Yeah, we didn't even mention that. This we are featuring kind of the rockier side of Prince. Yes. Um. Uh, well, there's this a song called Peach, which was, uh, to my knowledge, only on like that double disc, uh, the Hits and B Size thing, um, and it features. Uh, oh, what was that chick? Sheena No, no, no. The no. an actually. Blonde from uh, Batman. Who is uh Tim oh, Basinger. Tim Basinger. Bassinger. <laughs> One <laughs> right. of us is right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's called Peach.
2: Yeah, great choice in songs, Baco. Now, well, you know, obviously there's a just a dump of you had to stay off Facebook for several days after <laughs> after he died. But and there's tons of I had articles. to cut
1: myself off. By the way, I was like, I right, you've done enough."
2: Yeah, exactly. But but one of the headlines that that the Onion did that was brilliant was the headline: "Nation too sad to fuck," even though that's what Prince would have wanted. <laughs>
1: yeah. Give them credit, man. They were very good at that because that was not tacky or out of line or you don't go find yourself shaking your head or going too soon. It, and yet it stayed true to the onion. Like, you it's know. It, so. I always like Kudos it. Kudos to the
2: onion. Yeah, yeah. I, I always think it's funny when the onion actually includes fuck in the, the headline. <laughs> just, to, just to push it push it through. Because I don't think they, were, they did that when it was actually a print publication, if you ever got that back in the day. Of, yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, continue on. You got another story? Yeah. Do you uh, are you familiar with Paul Westerberg? I know of him. He's from. Where's he from? The
1: Replacements, oh. a local, another local band that kind of had a, you know, they, I mean they, they grew national and stuff. Um, right. But but Paul, he's you know obviously be he still lives in like the Twin Cities area here. So, and by the way, he still doesn't have a license. He's never driven a car in his life. It's good to know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, he's obviously had his brain picked about Prince because they were coming up at the same time. Um, and he shared a couple stories that I found kind of endearing. And the, the, the first one was being that, like, you know, he he's he's recorded at Paisley Park a bunch of times, both with the replacements and as a solo artist. And he said, like, you know, when he was with the replacements and they're were, they were working there, um, you know, after a certain amount of time, you know, like, all of a sudden, you know, Prince will pop out. And, and you'll you'll see him not, like, all poofed up and stuff like that, you know, he's just a guy. And he'll hang out in the control room, and he's like, and there's, like, this main atrium that they have, uh, that must be, like, the entrance or whatever, and he's like, he's like, we'd be just standing in there talking about something, and all of a sudden he'd come shuffling by in his pajamas and slippers to make some (laughs) microwave popcorn,
3: Yeah.
1: you know? And he's like, and it was, you know, it's funny to imagine Prince making microwave popcorn, much less dressed in pajamas, but... I liked how endearing that story was. It, you know, it, it made me want to be that guy. I wanted to be there to see that. And the other thing he said is when he was recording as a solo artist uh, that um, his brother-in-law died. Or, or you know, a, a family member. Somebody close to him passed away. I, I, I don't want to misquote that. but So he had to take a couple of days off from recording. And when he came back to the... Uh, um, the recording studio was filled with balloons uh, that Prince had left there for him, and um, and if I really wish we could have heard you could have heard him tell it because like you can hear him get a little choked up and he's like I'm gonna cry right now just talking about it you know because it was just such a nice little gesture that he did, but oh and one last thing from Paul Westerberg he said when he first met him it was in a bathroom in St. Paul, and you know at that's this time this is before Purple Rain, but they knew who each other was and he <laughs> said to Prince what's up while they're peeing um <laughs> and prince just responded knife so <laughs>
2: all right very deep
1: seems very classic prince so i don't know
2: it's the the the, the pissing next to prince story excellent
1: Guessing next to Prince.
2: but yeah man so let's, let's do some more music
1: all right well um Fuck it. You got the look. I love that tune. I don't know if you have to know that one, right? Oh my god. How can I I mean, I I'm only picking hits here, so
2: It's a perfect uh, song. It's a perfect pop it, song.
1: It is. It's great. And it's got a little bit and you know, it's got that little kind of like really um uh I don't know. I mean, what's the fucking word? Anyway, his he, he uses a lot of effects on the guitar to get that really tight little perfect sound that only works in a Prince tune, so
2: yeah, and if any any 80s rock band would have come out with this, that would have been, you know, I'm just talking about like like a, whatever, quote, hair metal band. Everybody mm-hmm. would, have, would have dug it. There's, there's, this has this rock's just as much as any Poison song and, and it has a, just a massive hook. Yes?
1: Yes. And it's got Sheena Easton, you know, kind of bouncing around. Yes, in the video.
2: Yeah, no problem with that. So here's You've Got the Look. All right, Bucco, what you got next? You got another story?
1: Um, yeah, maybe one little one from a guy named uh, you. You know who Jimmy Jam is? Uh, him and Terry Lewis were in the time, and they did like all a, they produced Janet Jackson during her.
2: Yeah, 80s. I remember the I remember the names like in the eighties as producers. Go ahead.
1: Anyway, yeah, they're in the movie Purple Rain. But uh, Jimmy grew up with Prince, and they went to high school together. And um, he, he he so he had the he was afforded the opportunity to jam with them and. This was before, you know, um, Purple Rain came out, so I, I don't know if he was playing with the Revolution or not, uh, whatever, but but he was jamming with them, and he said they'd, they'd work and work and work, and he just wouldn't get it, and then the next day, they'd come back, and he's thinking he's ready to work on that, and Prince would have a full, like, rid-up demo of, like, Little Red Corvette ready to go. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, when did you even find time to do this? I went home and practiced what we were working on, you know. And he shared a lot of stories like that about like his kind of I don't know music virtuosity, for lack of a better term. I don't know. I mean, how he could just do like like Jimmy thought he was a pretty solid key, you know piano player, and then he heard Prince, and he didn't right. feel so good about himself anymore. And I you know, but yeah. You know, uh, anyway, the, the big picture there is that you know Prince was you know so prolific and had was always writing and recording music and that's why he built paisley park so that you know anytime he wanted to record he could record and it would be professional and all that stuff so maybe we'll hear some of that crap but i don't know
2: yeah i saw some older picture i'm guessing it from the the 80s of just like a straight up like full club within his within his place like oh yeah with the stage you know about
1: the parties he would throw out there yeah,
2: I've heard of some of them, but the...
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it'd be last minute, and it'd be free, typically. I think I, there was times he would get charged, but yeah, he would announce it through his fan club, and then, like, he'd go out there, and it would start at, like, midnight, and then the, he'd show up at 3 a.m., and they would just jam, whatever, so...
2: Yeah, yeah, and and that's where I, I think that, that when people are mentioning the cocaine, <laughs> you might have used some, <laughs> being up at 3 a.m. all the time, but... Who knows? The, the,
1: it, well, we're starting to hear the stories that it sounds like it was an opiate, uh, you know, addiction, right. some kind of Percocet or painkiller. Um, well, we talked about Purple Rain right there at the beginning when they're playing. There's a scene where he jumps off a fairly sizable riser, at least four feet, if not higher. Yes. Lands, does the splits, springs back up like he is a spring, and the whole time wearing high heels. It's and you know. Because some of the wor- rumor is that like it's it's hip issues, so maybe he should have talked to Paul Stanley about just getting those fuckers replaced. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the high heels. But yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we it. You know, it's gonna be drugs and it's sad, but. Uh... Yeah.
2: But yeah, man. So that was the whole thing. Like it seemed like every time he recorded something, as soon as it was recorded, it was almost like released, done, move on to the next thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, yeah, he had to Just get yeah, out he, of the system, and that's why I think that. He, you know, he had the creativity and he was, he was such a, you know, an artist that that's what he had to do. He a was true like, artist. Designed. Like designed. He, yeah. Not for, not for fame or anything like that. It was just like, you know, he obviously liked to perform, but he just needed to do it. There's no other way he, he would, could exist. He would
1: have left Minnesota if it was about fame. <laughs> <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> you know yes. I mean? um, and, and that's the other thing. A lot of people around here really held on to that. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, much beloved and it's nice to know. I, I can tell you that the, the, the people around here really, Reacted to the the coverage he got from the national media and just the outpouring of of uh, dedications to know you know because you know when, when you see somebody like that and it's not from your community community you don't think too much of it you know I mean it's like of course we're all sad that Lemmy passed and and David Bowie but to know that the rest of the world you know because growing up here and living here it, a lot of people were were very you know encouraged by that let's put it that way
2: yeah and I'll just leave you. Uh... I don't have much else to say, but I remember looking at some of the his last couple concerts in the month of... I think it was the month of, of either February or, or March of this year, but it was breaking down that he had... <laughs> One of his concerts was from like midnight until four in the morning, and he played 50, yeah. 57 songs. Not kidding you. Yeah. Like all of Purple Rain, all these deep cuts, all this kind of stuff. There's probably twenty-five songs are recognized. The other one, I have, I have no idea what they are. But 50, <laughs> 57 songs. I mean, that's more than like a Pearl Jam through three-hour concert or whatever. That's just nuts. So he definitely, you know, to the he end, loved playing. He love, he loved playing. So it's it's pretty impressive. So. What else you got? You want to just take us out with uh, well, one
1: of your songs? I want to take us out with probably my personal all-time Prince favorite. It comes off the nineteen eighty-four classic, the soundtrack to the beautiful and probably greatest movie of all time, Purple Rain. <laughs> best like, best acted like per- anyway.
2: If you like purple, yeah. if you like purple motorcycles, but continue.
1: If you like purple motorcycles, chicks being tossed in dumpsters and and uh, trickery,
2: trickery, the and uh, trickery, trickery, trickery yes. with the uh, the wrong lake
1: well you know and the spousal abuse by the way was because he was like his father and he didn't like it no i, I understand okay that, that yeah. was the message you, that you missed loose
2: yeah and he he took on the, the role of beating woman too
1: and, and anyway the- recorded live That's- during the 25 days that he shut down first avenue the last three songs of purple rain were recorded while they were doing the um
4: uh baby i'm a star